Alrighty. Um, again, you guys, thank you for last year of giving and us be able to plant churches. If you didn't know, we're part of every nation, churches and ministries, and we have churches all around the world. I just came from a massive meeting about uh, a cluster meeting with all about all the updates of what's going on. Um, right now, we have over a thousand churches in, uh, in the world right now that we have planted. And if you go to the continent of Africa, they're planting so fast. By the end of the day, you will have about six churches planted already. So things that God's starting to move rapid, rapidly. Um, here in America is what we call North American Initiative. One of the greatest things that we all be a part of is we have three church plants that we're going to deal with. Me and Ms. Don have met those who, who are planning. Um, the one in Las Vegas already planted. If you know about going into a casino, we have a plant in the middle of the casino. <laughs> so go ahead. Don't make sure that you don't use your tithe to gamble. <laughs> but go ahead and give your tithe. The next one is, which I'm really excited about, which is our hometown, which you're all going to have a part of, San Antonio. As Ben and Brandy Chapman, they'll be launching out, they'll be heading out to uh, San Antonio on February 2014. You'll be seeing him uh, December 1st here, sharing his vision, what's going on. We're going to be partnering with them, doing amazing work. And the other one is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Steel City. So uh, that's with Pastor Chris and Renee Gill. And God has some more coming up. We just planned a church actually right down by Fort Hood. We're still trying to get all the information that's going on over there. So, but what you guys get a chance to do next week, um, again, is voluntarily, we have envelopes that you will fill out if you want to pray about it, give, or you have some people down in those cities who want a church. Help us to go. Or you might be transplanting down to San Antonio or Pittsburgh to help to plant that church. Right now, they have the church in San Antonio. We have, I believe, Ben said he has about 16 people already. Here's how God works. There was a um, folks from the Philippines who landed in San Antonio. And they've been there about five years waiting for a church. They found out <laughs> that we're going to be planting a church in every, uh, every nation church in San Antonio. They're already part of the plant. God already put them in position early and ready to go. So what we're going to do right now, if you see our ushers, we're going to hand out a bookmark for your Bible. And I want you to pray about it. If you're thinking about praying, about going, pray for them. You want to partner in prayer. You want to give what you get a chance to do next week. All the money that we collect goes directly to the uh, North American Initiative and come to the church. You'll fill out the information for them, not us. Or, you wanna, or you're moving, or you know some people in those cities who are looking for a vibrant, Christ-centered church. And how does God change the world? By planting churches. We're able, as the military around the world, are opening doors for freedom we're able to bring permanent peace with Jesus Christ. This week, if you didn't know, this is the Sunday for the, for the, where we pray for, we'll do at the end of the service for the persecuted church. And we learned some information about the persecuted church. There's nations right now that you could not, they cannot sit in the open and do what we do. That's why we're able to give thanks because we have, we're a nation that is free. And we should never take it for granted how free we truly are. When you hear the stories of those who are underground, uh, they even pronounce Jesus as Lord, they'll be killed. But the greatest thing, we've been talk, talking to those who are being persecuted. They say as one person dies, at least over 100 people come to Christ. And they know that they're called 
for such a time as this to change lives. So I really want you to look at that again. There's no obligation to give. Someone asked me if we were going to do a missions offering for the Philippines. No. We um, use uh, what we have, and we're going to send it out on Tuesday to our area. If you didn't know about the Philippines, that's one of our biggest churches. Over 70,000 people attend our church in the Philippines. And for your giving all year, because you guys are vibrant givers, we have a reserve for emergencies that we can use to give out. And give yourself a hand for that. We always want to do something very strategic. Never want to say, give me, give me, give me. When we always do it all year round, and we look at the numbers and say, we can get ahead and bless. Because we're blessed to be a and that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do that this week. So, um, again, I sent you there's some information on Facebook. If you want to go online and you want to support them in a certain way, you can. But Grace Point Church corporately is going to get and send uh, some finances over to them because it was a devastating storm, one of the largest storms in the world to ever hit the Philippines. So, um, again, thank you for your, uh, again, for your love, for your, your um, dedication, your devotion to see the gospel spread out. Though we don't go anywhere, we get to be a very effective here and help other people go. So whatever you gave last year, if it was a dollar, God can take a dollar and do miracles with it. So again, if you see out in the hallway, we extended our food bank drive. If you want to go ahead and bring it in next week, we're going to go ahead and deliver it the following day because of the food stamp situation with those who will be affected in the big country. We're going to turn it in, but the Lord said get hold off until we can build a bigger nest of food, and then we're going to give them, bless them for the holiday season, because those who are losing per family on food stamps, it's $36 a month, and that's a hard hit to have when the holidays are coming. So we're always blessed to be a, so don't, if you want to bring it up this week, always remember that. That's what we always do, and that's what um, we will continue to do. When we show the love of Christ, and Christ is glorified in our community, we're not just a church in the community, we're a church of the community. So when the, the phone rings, when it used to never ring, can you guys help? That means we're a church of the community versus a church in the community. Because they won't call you if you're in the community. They'll call you if you're of the community. And that's our heart for the Red Cross to give us a call that we will not say no, that we can be blessing from this place. So, uh, again, thank you guys. And thank you for surprising me, my son. I'm glad you prayed, brother, because I was lost it after that. I couldn't have a script. I could I started crying. I'm saying, I'm supposed to be talking about praise and thanksgiving. Here he is crying, you know. So <laughs> what can you do? So it was awesome. My son, the other one, when he talked to me this morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, he knew something was up. So I love him. But again, let's pray, and then we're going to go right into our second installment of Thanksgiving. This one's going to be fun. It's called praise. Man, praise. I got two woos. All right. Now, those who are nervous about the screaming out, we're going to talk about that today. Because everyone who says, I don't do that. I've seen you at the ACU, Harden-Simmons, and McMurray games. And I've seen when the Dallas Cowboys finally win a game. I was like, boy, that boy could step, man. He don't step in church like that. Yeah. Yeah, when them there, you say, oh, and they want, they're going to win, they're going to lose. But we serve a God who never fails, never loses. So we can cheer him on all the time because he's always cheering for us. 
He's always saying, my, my church is awesome. My church is spotless. My church is blameless. Have amazing people that come into my, that's in my kingdom. He thinks, you, he thinks better of you, of you than you think of yourself sometimes. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you again for the season of Thanksgiving. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give to the church plant, opportunity to give to our community and the food bank, opportunity, Lord, to touch all our, um, our surrounding areas. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us the word that we will hold on to until we die, which is we're blessed to be a blessing. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, this sermon, series, this sermon here, I couldn't figure out a name for it, so I went with the name that is called in Psalm 100. We're going to go to Psalm 100 called Praise. Praise. And then how is praise with thanksgiving? Well, we're going to read a, a no-kidding psalm that is called a psalm of praise and a psalm of thanksgiving that David wrote. In the midst, now you got to remember David, when he wrote the psalms, he was in a cave, being chased down by a wild king, and all his subjects were broke, busted, and disgusted. And he was the king. So all he had to rely on was God. And he wrote the most amazing psalms. I love the psalms because it's so personal. Psalm 100, only five is one of the shortest psalms in the Bible, but it's one of the most powerful when you unpack it. It says this, if you have, you have your Bibles, you can, have the, um, you can open them up, you have your machines, your, your um, cell phones, and your, whatever they call them now, and don't be playing um, Misty Bird, what are them, the Angry Birds? And uh, if not, we have them on the screen. I can't say nothing about a real Bible because I'm using this, so what can I say? But I'll open it up. It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord. (laughs) All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Y'all getting uncomfortable. I like it. You know who hates it too? The devil hates that. Yeah. Give thanks to him. Bless, Bless his name for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, what we're going to do is unpack this, this psalm. There's seven verbs in this psalm. It says, make, come, know, enter, give thanks, and bless. Make, serve, come, know, enter, give thanks, and bless. Now, this is an action verb, action psalm, because this is what the Israelites would do when they were coming in the temple. This is what they were singing out. This is what they were responding in the temple. They were singing in unison together, uh, um, out loud about how awesome their God is. And they were doing it together in one voice. That's what he was picturing when you come in the temple. If you ever go to Korea, in Korea, they don't say much in worship. They, when you come into a church downtown in Seoul, Korea, the Korean church, they come in prayer. They don't do anything. You come and you got some mats. There's no worship song. You're going you're gonna to pray. 
And it's kind of amazing how they, they worship God. And I know when I'm taking, teaching this, how diverse we really all are and how we look at praise. Some people like loud. Some people, I can't take it. I'm not capable of it. That's weird. Hey, it's only weird if it doesn't work. I like that commercial. Only weird if it doesn't work. The guy's doing all this. It's only weird if they don't win. But we have a God who won, so it's not weird. So when we look at this, he breaks this out in the seven areas. Now, let me tell you about worship. Now, for worship, we worship who for God is, okay? And we praise God for what he's done. But when we get to Thanksgiving, we go, we give him thanks for what he's done for us. And we always, let's give, let me give you a hint. We never run out of things for what God has done for us. Because if your heart is beating today and you have oxygen in your lungs, he's doing a whole lot for us. So don't let your horizontal look mess up your vertical look. Because your vertical look, God is awesome. God has opened the doors for us. God has got me up another day to praise his name. Okay? So what happened is, when you're looking at this, it's also prophetic because it says this, the whole earth will wind up praising God. It didn't just say GPC. It says, praise the Lord, all the whole earth. And when it says Lord, capital L-O-R-D, it's his personal name. And when the Israelites look at that, he's one and only God. There is no other. So you have a singular focus on who you are praising to and who you're worshiping to. It's amazing. So like this, here's what you're saying here. If you thank God, if we thank God after the fact, that's called gratitude. Now, people of faith, when you thank God before the fact, that's called faith. Because faith sees it, pulls it in, and you're giving him thanks for it before you actually have it. Which, again, is only weird if it doesn't work. But it works. And what I want to do is unpack biblical praise and worship. It's more than what we think it is because sometimes we look at praise and we look at worship from our own context versus the biblical context. Can I be real with you? When you're talking about in harmony and people and faith is in the house, when people will raise their voice, every, it will resonate with everybody because there's a faith level in the house, a foundation of faith. When everyone's just trying to make it happen, it's very disturbing. And sometimes we don't know the difference. And then we discard because that's weird. But when it's a faith level and you have a faith and you know who you're praising, the God of all gods, the one who will never let you down, never forsake you, never leave you, you have a level, a foundation of faith which you can get and give him thanks. Not hoping if I thank him, he might show up. Then you want working it versus being worked up to it. Because you know when you have it inside you, you can't let it go. Because we're all capable of having it inside of us to scream out. You believe me? Let me prove it to you. I, I, I can't do that in church. The reason why you can do it, it's the Mago Day. We were created to worship. 
And we will find that object to worship. And in the church, we kind of messed it up because of the abuse of it and didn't know how to do it. And I'm going to tell you about intelli- what we call intelligent praise. But you see, those, you know, that's a team that's going to lose. Who's going to forget? And if you're from Chicago, come on. There's nothing to share about. <laughs> Whoa. I hit something there. That's the last I ever hear him scream out. Someone say, Romo, Romo, Romo. Right? Yeah. Not right. Okay. I say Gino because at least we have 500 record. <laughs> but we all have the level of praise. And you see, when they're talking about praise and giving thanks, what they're saying is it's like a king walking down, coming down in procession. When David and, and Saul will come into a town after victorious um, time with the enemy, people will raise up and cheer and give and praise. It's the same thing we're doing here, which we're capable of doing, but we do it outside. But inside, well, that's blue. Who's lo- no one's looking at you when you paint yourself blue. And then you have the spirits in your hand, the Holy Spirit. Well, that's why I said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and give thanks always. You wonder why Paul put that in there. Probably a few of those cats were in there them days too at the games. <laughs> I'm a little sauce, yeah, you know. But we're all capable of doing it. And what I want to spend this time is about take that discomfort out. Because really, when I look at this, it says this. One of the things I wrote, praise and thanksgiving is nothing but verbalized faith. They're cheering when the cowboys run down the aisle. They're out there cheering like crazy. You see the guys in the nobly, they can't see anything. $100, I can't see nothing. And you got my eyes, I definitely can't see anything. But if I got, <laughs> I got HDTV, I can see it. But it went, ha, ha, ha. And went, that's awesome. Come to church. <laughs> and the guys run, you know, because we forgot how happy God is when his child. You ever, you know, I have a dog named Bandit, little Bandit. When we come home, Bandit act like we've been gone six months. Jumping all over. He runs to me. Hey, he runs to mom. I know he's home. He's home. He goes like this because he's so happy to see us. You know, with God, we should be very happy to see him. Because prayer and Thanksgiving is just verbalized faith. God, I love you. God, you're awesome. It doesn't have to be a Sunday morning. It can be anywhere in your car. Now, it's a little, now you say my prayer, it can be a little uncomfortable, but until you press out. But again, you'll be, you won't be, have to do it. God will bring it out of you. Three things I saw with this. Um, the reason why we praise God when you look at this. He's our God, number one. He's our shepherd. And number three, he's good and faithful. That is enough reason to give him thanks all the time. And when you look at the word, make a joyful noise, it means it's a glad shout. You're shouting, and it also means you're jumping for joy, like these guys. They ain't even throw a football yet, but it's okay. From a happy and cheerful spirit, how do you get a happy and cheerful spirit? The Holy Spirit. Again, don't let what you see um, horizontal 
mess up your praise and worship in the vertical. Because once you get your eyes on God, you'd be surprised what comes out, what happens with you. Don't focus on what's going on around you. Focus on who the one who's watching over you. When he first went out, God. And he says this, um, verses 1 and 2. Thank you, sir. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. They're talking about make a joyful noise, but also the words um, serve the Lord, which if you look at in the old uh, English, it would mean to worship the Lord. Because, see, worship leads to service, and true service is worship. Which I realize when people you see, when you come in in the morning, and you see folks up here singing and trying to lead you into the presence of God, they've been here since about, well, they had to get up at least 6 o'clock in the morning to pray. And then get, if you have kids, you got to bring them all down here to get up there to get ready to go. And we never want to get into the place that, hey, that didn't sound right. The Monday, you know the Monday morning quarterbacks? The one that don't play anymore? But they got all the, all the information? It's too hot. It's too cold. 22 guys on the field. And thousands in the fan who need a rest, and thousands in the, in the audience who need exercise. Because really, worship leads to service. Come on now. If you're worshiping God, you want to do something for the house of God. We come in, well, I want to just rest. Well, rest for about a week and a half, but you're not going to be fulfilled unless you're doing something for God because that brings you to a level of significance that you're doing something that makes a difference. Versus you just relegate yourself sitting. And watching and saying, I wish they would change the sound and oh, it's too loud and the music. And the... That's what I love about our worship team, those guys in the hallway, our hospitality, all the things that happen, but they're actually worshiping God. And the stronger they go at it, the more they worship them. That's why he's saying, serve the Lord. And you get glad. Now you get a little tired, but you know why you get glad? Because, God, I'm doing something. I'm making a difference. I'm changing lives. I see that smile on their face. They came in frowning, smile on their face. We heard this morning in newcomers class, they said, everyone was just so great, John. And they were so, so felt welcome when they came in the door. They can feel like you guys are a family. And I said, that's how it works. That's how it works. They saw the love of God on people coming in the door. Man, you can get high five and yeah, that's awesome. I'm sorry. This is church. Uh Uh-oh, my notes. Like I need them. There you go. Okay. And you know, it's a great privilege of worshiping God. The great privilege of worshiping God produces joy in those who know that they are welcome in his presence. When you know you're welcome in God's presence, that's a joy, man. When he didn't have to let you in. The God we serve is the one true God. Everyone comes up with these other things, but our God is the God, and he will show up any other God that tries to raise himself above him. And Jesus is our our Lord and Savior. Beat that. You can come up with some other synthetic thing, but that doesn't work unless you serve the real true God. And that's where joy and happiness comes out. Because you can give thanks to a one true God. Here's the thing. If I'm up and I'm breathing, I'm doing better than some folks that are trying to get up 
and can't breathe. And I can just shake. Today, it doesn't take much to help people. Does. How many, I mean, really have a burden for Walmart? Think about it. You wouldn't work there, would you, during the holiday season? The abuse? <laughs> you picked the wrong thing. I mean, you know. And she, hey, it's okay. Welcome to Walmart. You know what I mean? You know, what I learned, what I learned is when you treat people like royalty that they are, you receive royalty back. It's nothing when you say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, for what you do here. I know it's not easy standing on your feet all day and hearing us complain because we had to wait two minutes. Come on now. <laughs> two minutes? <laughs> Cell phone not work. Well, go back to the regular phone. You know what I mean? I don't know. No one's thankful. I had to wait on the airplane for, you know, I had to wait four hours on the plane. Dude, you're flying in the air. 35,000 feet. <laughs> There's nothing holding you up. That is something to be thankful for versus taking a wagon train and going across the country. <laughs> See what I mean? They'd be thankful for those things. And now God helps us do that. I hope I finish this. <laughs> Second one, our shepherd. He's our shepherd, verses 3 and 4. Know that the Lord, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. The word know means to know by experience that God is good, which will amplify your authentic praise. Remember I said last week, when you're trying to work up faith, it disturbs people. But when you're actually working out of faith, it actually unifies people. When you're talking about here, they said this, the writer said this. This is what we call intelligent praise. Because you're walking in a level of faith together as a house or as together as people. And when the time comes for the drums to roar, we all do it and don't know why we did it. We get so caught because we have this know and we know very intelligently that God, and we know by experience that God is good. He is the Lord God who made us, who created us, who leads us. And you'll say, I wouldn't have picked me, but he picked you. That's something to praise, that he made you. And we, here's the thing. We're his property. We are his. Man, that just gets you going. I'm his. In your worst day, you're God's. In your worst hour, he's yours. John 10, 14, 15 says this, verses 14 and 15. I love this. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own, what? Knows me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. This is Jesus talking about how he would lay down his life between the difference between a hireling and, a, and our Lord God. 
Christ himself, the great shepherd. I read up about shepherds, what they do. They keep us safe. They lead us from the front sometime, and sometimes they'll go behind the back and make sure there's no scragglers, that we can stay in the fold. And it says whenever they, at nighttime, when it's time to get ahead and, and put them to bed, they put them down, they put them into a valley that's surrounded with the rocks that protects them. And they walk under each, each uh, sheep walks under that, under that, uh, that um, uh, what you call it, staff, counting him. He knows them by name. Every night you go to sleep, you're just walking underneath. He knows you by name. You ever get this point? No one knows me. Everyone's forgotten me. He knows you by name. I'm not worth anything. He knows you by name. They don't care. He knows you by name. And when you're in the valley, he's protected. And then if you stray off, he'll go looking for you. That's what a shepherd does. A hireling, whenever danger comes, they cut out. That's why you got to be careful with your relationships. When trouble comes, they, tr- they get going. But for a shepherd, our shepherd, when we're lost, he goes and finds us. And if he needs help with the sheepdogs, talk about conviction in the Holy Spirit, get back in the boat. And you're like, oh, man, I got to get back to church. I got to get back to church. And no one said anything to you because <laughs> he loves you. And I tell you what, guys, if you got nothing to cheer about on that, that's, if that's all you have sometimes, that's all you need. One writer said, if God is all you got, you got everything you need. That's what a shepherd does. We are his. We are his sheep. And he is our great, great shepherd. That's amazing. And he laid down his life for us. We talked about this in class. I asked, how many believe you're blameless? How many think you're wrinkle-free? How many are not there yet? And his idea, we forget one thing. When we read the scripture that he's coming back for his church, if he came back at 11 o'clock and you're going, that means you must be blameless <laughs> and you're wrinkle-free. Why? Because you were blameless and wrinkle-free when he died on the cross for you. He wiped it all clean. So on your worst day, you're blameless. Praise the Lord. That don't give me a license to sin. It gives me a license to obey <laughs> and stay in the fold. That's why we talk about not being alone. Because if you stray out, someone wants to pounce on you. You know who he is? Pounce all over you. Tell you stuff. They don't care for you down that church. They don't care. No one cares for your mother. Every, what he does, he accuses the brethren against one another. Kids, you before God. God doesn't love me. People don't care about me. Oh, and then you fading out. And he'll send someone your way. If you're offended, get back in the game. Like a goalie, get back in there. Get, our shepherd never forgets you. That's why he sent us to go get you. It's our shepherd. And the reason why, it says this, we can go into his courts with thanksgiving. Here's what I like. Mercy permits us to enter his gates. So let's go ahead and praise God for his mercy. We didn't get what we deserve. Mercy permits us to get in into his presence. That's what it does. See, when it's eternal, 
And when that starts to build in your faith, something will come out. And some way it comes out differently in other people. But don't ever, we'll never ever say, well, you should do it my way. Or your, I know how diverse we are. I've been in prayer groups with all different nations. And I'm telling you, it is almost like, wow. But guess what? It's God in our own personality. So we never shrug each other off because how they express it. But we'll know, we will know if it's faith rising it up or we're trying to work it up. Because we're only going to go to the level of our faith. Not the level of excitement or, or emotions. It has to be a faith that rises us up, that lifts us up. It has to be a faith that says, I'm going to get and join and serve. It has to be a faith that knows he is my God, he'll never let me go. And it has to be a faith that knows he is my shepherd. And then my faith always says this because he is good and he's always faithful. That's the third one. He's good and faithful. And you realize when you look at verse 5, all that the psalmist is doing is reminding us, he's remembering the benefits and the mercy of God. He's not asking for, he's not confessing sin, and he's not asking for anything. He's just reminding God and so happy of his mercy and of his grace and of his amazing love that never fades away from generation to generation. He don't have to ask for anything because that's good enough for me. You done made my list. You're never going to leave me, forsake me? Boom. You're my shepherd? Boom. You're my God? Wham. All that, knowing all that by faith, my petition list gets less and less. Because he already knows what we said last series. He already knows what we need. He already knows what we need. says this, God fulfills his promises from generation to generation. Know therefore, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this, know, fear, know therefore the Lord your God. I like this. The Lord your God is God. God specify that. The faithful God who what? Come on, anybody do it. Who does what? Yeah, it's a promise. And his with those and keep his to a thousand generations. Where's the smallest one in the room? The promises that I have, where's Elijah? Who got, no one cares about y'all no more, do they? They just care about the baby. Isn't that something? They didn't even know you until they had the baby. So the promises that for Rich Brown and Jack Dunn go to Elijah. And how I worship God, this is for you parents, how I worship God today will affect their tomorrow. If I walk by faith, you can guarantee your kids will walk by faith. Now, here's some of you say, well, I've done all the right things. Yes, you have. My child has just seemed like he's all. Well, here's the thing. When they leave your home, they leave the sheepfold. They got to learn to hear God on their own. Because they've been hearing God through you. You've been their Holy Spirit. You've been their everything. Now they're on their own. They got to figure out, God, if this relationship I'm going to have with God is going to be me and him, or is it going to be 
whatever I think is, they got to learn their own faith. They got to found their own foundations. But here's the thing, that doesn't mean you didn't lay them. You did everything you do, so you got to let the games begin. Who don't have yeah, teenage and adult? Let the games begin. Now they might take the long way around, but I tell you what, my God is good. His promise will never fail. So if I got the promise, that's all I need. So if I see him going left, he's gonna go, go. He's gonna go back right. He'll get knocked back around that way. She'll get knocked back around that way. That thing will come to the end of nothing. They will find out who God is, because God is good. His promises never fail. So that's what, you see me, I, my voice went up because I'm praising God. If I'm in my garage and I got that tire off, that, praise the Lord. Because <laughs> I'm weak nowadays. I got to get my upper body strength going again. From a thousand generations to generations. Here's what we got to do. Let's not grow too old too quick. See, our young people, they do that dance thing. We look at them like, I can't, you can do that. I've seen you at the games old folks. I see you at the games. I see you. I'm like, oh. When, when the Abilene aviators were out there, yeah, oh, my gosh, what y'all doing out there? Y'all come to church. I seen you when they scored the touchdown. I didn't know y'all can dance that good. And some of y'all used to square dance. Y'all know y'all did. One thing that... um. One thing that uh, Max Lucado said, the devil doesn't take anything away from you except make you stop thanking God. And the problem is, it's always from the very beginning of the fall of man. Adam and Eve were created by God. And like any child, put it in the garden. God said, from any tree you may eat, but that one over there, don't touch it. Everything was pure. Everything was good to go. The relationship was pure. Devil comes in. And that's what happens. We, we, we can't be thankful anymore because we either, God became all of a sudden the ultimate giver to the one holding back. Did God really say, you? oh, but what about this thing about good and evil? He held that out from you. You don't have good and evil. You got everything else but good and evil. The knowledge you missed it. And all of a sudden, we start to doubt God. And we forget the greatest. They had the whole garden. Everything you needed. They didn't have to wear clothes. They would have saved a lot of money. <laughs> right? Y'all like, got to have a purified imagination when you read the Bible. There was no clothes on. There was nothing. There was no figs or nothing. It was just them. They didn't know it because they were in the presence of God. They didn't care because they were in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, you don't know and you don't care. <laughs> they ate because they were unthankful for what God has given them. I did it as a kid. We all did it. You have the whole big yard, backyard, Richard. Trees, grass, apple trees, climb, build, whatever you want. Just don't go out in the street. The street. The street. I go out on the street. And you hear. We all do. Thank you. We're still going out in the street. Richard! And I used to hear this. 
car will kill you if it does not kill you. But I'll raise you back up to kill you after the car kills you. I said, Mom, you can't kill me three times. But I didn't say that. You can't say that growing up. But we took our eyes while we lose our Thanksgiving because we don't appreciate what we got right here. Because the neighbor might come with a new car or something, and well, I just got this old, bat, you know, old car broken down. Hey, it's paid off. But they have, they have, they have, what do you got? You got everything. You breathing, that's everything. Give God, give God glory for what you have. Thank, you know, hey, I'd rather have a broken down house than be in the hospital in ICU. perspective. And then you learn to thank God for who you are and where you're at. Not trying to be unthankful and looking for something else. Because in our, in our area, when we sing about the song Go, when we go across the pond, if you've been in another country, when I got convicted, when I went to the Philippines, and we, they prayed for rice in this village we went to, and we had three big bales of rice, and we brought it to the countrymen. And we're saying, they said, we pray for our daily bread. And, they, and we said, uh, well, God bless you tremendously. They said, no, we pray for one. Take the other two to the village who doesn't have any. See, as believers, we have Jesus. Now, take Jesus to the ones who don't have Jesus. Because we're always better off because we know the end of the game. We know the end of the, we know the score. The score is fixed. They don't know the score. They hope that they, they hope their 4-1 pays out. They hope for all that. That's their score. That's how they keep in score. We keep our score because we know we eternally we're with him forever. For them, they don't know what's going to happen. So we take what we have. The best, you don't have to have the best voice. You don't have to have the best anything. All you got to have is you and the Holy Spirit touching other people. Take that across the street. Go ahead and go there, and then you'll change because I'm about to help other people not sit here and think about myself so much. Because why? They don't know he's our God. They don't know he's our shepherd. And they don't know that he's good and he's faithful. Because let me tell you something. A, a thankful spirit is a triumphant spirit. A thankful spirit is a triumphant spirit. That's from Warren Wisby. I've never seen people um, who weren't thankful not always saying, we got it. We're the winning team. We're going to take this over here. We're going to go on this. We're going to do this. We're going to do, we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. Why? Because they said that we're undefeated. They feel that. Triumphant. Now, the one who's not thankful is always down. Why don't we all stand? This is one of these messages I want you eternally. And again, how thankfulness, when you're thanking God and you're thankful for God, what comes out of you comes out of you. But it's intelligent. <laughs> it's biblical. Because we all will feel it. We felt the room rise a little bit when y'all were reading the scriptures. Did you feel the rise? Because y'all were reading the word. <laughs> Not trying to work it up, you know. My team wins because it's New York. That's why. We know that. I felt the room go down a little bit. 
And you know, laughter is great for the soul. And you know, some of y'all need a good laugh. When I lay, I'm just laughing to keep from crying. So don't even worry about crying because Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You got nothing to cry about. If you're crying, you're crying tears of joy, not tears of pain. Can we have some of our leaders, our life group leaders come up? We're going to close.